Holy moly, the dead have come to life. But that doesn't mean your life is over. With Dead Be Gone Artisanal Body Spray by Death Becomes Us, you can go about your life without having to worry about the hordes. Death Becomes Us researchers have found that the dead hunt the living by their scent. So we specially made Dead Be Gone Artisanal Body Spray to help you fit in. A few liberal squirts of Dead Be Gone ensures that you smell just like a desiccated 30-day-old rotting corpse. You'll be hitting the discotheque in no time. Also, for a night out on the town, try Death Becomes Us most recent mouth rinse, Sepulture Breath. Hello and welcome to Horror Movie Talk, an opinionated and accidentally funny horror movie review show. Your panel of expert hosts each week are Dr. Bryce Hansen, who holds a PhD in spookology, and Professor David Day, the foremost expert in scare no-nos. New theatrical releases always get priority, but we also review older horror movies, both good and horrible. I'm David Day. I'm Bryce Hansen. And you guys should check out Horror Movie Talk at our website. That's HorrorMovieTalk.com. It's a website. You go there. We got reviews under the episode section. Probably should be called the reviews section, but it's also a podcast, so who Who knows? Um, and then you can from there you can find us on all kinds of social media. We got LinkedIn, we got YouTube, we got the TikTok, the Gram, we got Reddit. Oh, big shout out to r slash uh, horror and r slash scary movies because uh, because they help support the show and we like them a lot. So go on over to there, check them out, then head on over to r slash horror movie talk and talk to us on there. We post new episodes every single Wednesday, so make sure you head on over to Spotify or iTunes or one of those crazy places where you pick up your podcasts and uh, hit the subscribe button. Also, hit that ratings button if you would be so kind and, you know, because we do have a goal to get on... What's it called? Rotten Tomatoes. Rotten Tomatoes, and we can only do that if we have X amount of reviews, and it's a lot more than what we have now. So just... Just head on over there and just give us whatever star rating you think we need. And then, you know. Yeah, literally, you don't need to write a review. Just leave a rating. Just click on the stars and then just move on. That's all. We don't ask much. We have a great show for you today. Today, we are reviewing... Um, I mean, it's not a cult classic. It's just a classic. This is a straight-up horror movie classic. And this one is a special episode because this is a patron requested review yes if you guys would like to have a say in what we uh what we review uh each month then you should consider becoming a patron because they get the chance to vote amongst themselves on what we will be reviewing for well for one movie each month and this month they chose dawn of the dead and uh, and so that's what we're going to be reviewing, the 1978 classic horror movie by George Romero with soundtrack by Goblin. This is uh, this is a big deal. It was I noticed in the credits it was Dario Argento and the Goblins. Yeah. Dar- I thought the band was Goblin. He did. Uh, the band is I think the band did it later became Goblin. Um and obviously Dario Argento used Goblin in uh, one or two of his films. Did Suspiria come before or after I, I, Dawn of the Dead? I can't tell you that off the top of my head. But 
today we will be talking about Dawn of the Dead from 1978. We'll start out by giving a brief review and our score for the movie. We score on a scale of 1 to 10, 1 being a miserable dredge where it makes you angry, 5 being an average film that hits all the expected marks and doesn't, you know, doesn't really wow you or make you too upset, just kind of average. And Suspiria then, was a year before Dawn of the Dead. There you go. And he also, yeah, Dario Argento actually also did some um, some advising on on this film as well. Yeah, uh, it was it was a well, it was an Italian American production mm-hmm. apparently. So kind of feels that way I a think little he, bit. Yeah, I mean that was I saw Dario Argento and I was like, I thought this was Romero, but this actually feels really yeah, it has a, a lot like a Giallo yeah, movie. It does feel kind of funky. Um, Anyway, and 10, you know, uh, so on the scale of 1 to 10, getting back to that, 10 is obviously the best you can do. It's a, it's a, it is a huge favorite. It's uh, as high as we can count. It's as high as we can count. After we give our score, we'll get into spoilers and take a deeper dive into what we liked and hated about the film. And later in this episode, we will be doing horror movie news. So stay tuned for that. That's so, a really tight intro, David. I'm, You're doing really good. I'm You're like a radio personality. I'm Jeez. a pro. I'm You're going to fuck up our our time our timestamps because whenever I hit the timestamps for the episode, go go to the uh, episode notes to see the timestamps for the different episode sections, but it's surprisingly consistent. It's like right on the money. I have a feeling the you'll The minute is always the same. I have a feeling you'll keep us right on time. I know. <laughs> Because uh, when I do that, oh God. you'll see that. Okay, sorry. Okay, okay. <laughs> so as I said, we saw Dawn of the Dead, and we actually watched. It. I watched it for free on YouTube. Did you? Yeah, yeah. I thought, there's actually two versions. There's an extended, yeah, version and the theatrical 4K version. Yeah, I don't think it was actually in 4K. On no, YouTube, but, um, <laughs> it's, it's, it's hard to tell. I guess I, I saw a Red Letter Media uh, review of. Dawn of the Dead, and they mentioned that it's it's not in print, or maybe it wasn't at the time or something, but it's actually really hard to get. Really? Yeah. I'll I be darned. Like a physical copy of yeah, it. Yeah, they mentioned at the time, like, there's a special edition Blu-ray on Amazon that you can buy for, like, a hundred bucks. Oof. I don't know. No, maybe no, I'll check right now not, on the fly. Go ahead not, with your... Not my Go ahead with your business. So uh, this movie is the classic sequel to Night of the Living Dead, uh, which which hit theaters a decade before before Dawn of the Dead. And of course, it's by George A. Romero and uh, and Dawn really upped the ante on the zombie concept and the shock factor for the time. This is an important note. This is for the time it upped the shock factor. So. Okay, so I just checked on Amazon. I'm checking in. Um, well, it's a screaming deal now because they have a DVD for sixty two ninety eight. So you can. Uh, there's only fifteen left in stock. Yeah, so click through the Amazon <laughs> link at the top of our website if you're going to be buying anything on Amazon, but particularly high budget items. Right. Uh, anyway, so without any further ado, here is the trailer. In 1968, George Romero brought us Night of the Living Dead. It became the classic horror film of its time. Now, George Romero brings us the most intensely shocking motion picture experience for all times. Dawn of the Dead. 
Night of the Living Dead has ended. Dawn of the Dead is here. It gets up and kills. The people it kills get up and kills. They must be destroyed on sight. When there is no more room in hell, the dead will walk the earth. Dawn of the Dead. Dawn of the Dead starts in an emergency. Now, now there. This is a really bare bones movie, so I'm just going to. There's not a lot of rundown for me to do here. I'm going to give you a brief synopsis that is pretty pretty bare bones. Dawn of the Dead starts in an emergency broadcast television station with lots of disarray and confusion before it settles on some National Guard troops who have set upon some public housing with an outbreak of zombies. And this National Guard unit is there to squash the zombie rebellion. I think I read it was actually like Philadelphia SWAT team. Yeah, maybe a SWAT team. It it Yeah, you're probably right. Um uh, so pretty soon the movie settles in on the lives of four individuals, two of these SWAT team members, uh, Peter played by Ken Foree and Roger played by Scott H. Reiniger. And a, what, did, what did you say? Rain. A traffic. Rain rep- N-word. <laughs> a traffic reporter. Uh, play uh, Stephen played by David M.G., and his TV exec girlfriend, Francine, played by Galen Ross. This group sets their sights on a mall in the Rust Belt, and they try their best to fortify the mall. And eventually, things calm down, and life kind of returns to a normal pace before outside forces beyond their control throw everything into a wacky disarray. <laughs> the, okay, so now here's the deal with Dawn of the Dead. The time has passed for Dawn of the Dead to be a shocking movie. While it was crucial to the horror genre in upping the stakes of gore and satire, it's just not that impressive nowadays. Uh, what? <laughs> yeah. Um, it's, just, it's just not that impressive nowadays. What Dawn is still good at is taking a hard look at the human condition and posing the question of, what would you do in the event of a zombie apocalypse? There was a period where I watched every single zombie movie I could get my hands on with the intent of breaking down my own obsession with building a firm tactical plan for some such zombie occasion. (laughs) Goofy? Yes. But man, was it satisfying building foolproof plans that my friends would then tear apart with zombie-like fervor. Dawn of the Dead is an important movie, and it has it does have a historical place in the vaults of horror, but it's definitely, definitely slow for today. And it's not shocking, not that shocking when you compare it to any modern horror. I can't imagine. I mean, it, the version I watched, it was over two hours mm-hmm. and it was pretty slow, pretty like uh, steady. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I can't imagine what the extended version would be like. Right. Like, let's. Let's have more shots of us sitting around. I don't know. Like I mentioned, it does do a great job of exploring the human condition and posing fun and interesting questions about all kinds of societal ailments. 
For anyone who wants to check it out today who hasn't seen it or who hasn't seen it for several decades, remember to parse it through the lens of this came out in 1978. I mean, really, George Romero invented the modern zombie. I mean, we have like the the fast version now. That's like the only innovation that we've had since George Romero. (laughs) But really, how we think about zombies is George Romero's responsibility. And this is his second movie. Right. And it came out a decade after. Yeah, one decade. Night of the Living Dead. Yeah. And it's. While I was watching this movie, yeah, I mean, I didn't think it was that was that great watching. I was like, oh, like the first half, I'm like, all right. Yeah. I get it. I've seen every zombie movie. Well, I haven't seen every zombie movie, but they all run together. Yeah. In, in my youth, me and my friends would watch a bunch of zombie movies. And I remembered the helicopter scene, but I thought it was from another movie. Because they all run together because yeah. they're so similar. Yeah. But later, as they get into the mall and really start, you know, expanding the world further than just the, gets the, cool. four, the four people, that is so influential. Yeah. Like, the, you, the Walking Dead would not exist without this movie. Completely undeniably changed the game for one of the most compelling monsters that has ever existed. A dead, dead people. Um, it's, yeah, I mean, the, like I said, yeah, and, and like what you were getting at, as far as, like, exploring the human condition and the cool and the weird, like, and what are we, if not kind of already this, you know, this this kind of weird dichotomy that exists already in life, and our, all our worst fears come true within this, this, and this movie flushes it all out, so to speak. Yeah. <laughs> But uh, but it does a great job of it, and uh, and there's a reason it's an a, a horror movie icon. Um, I remember the first time I watched it being, you know, like impressed as shit. But I was a kind of a little kid, um, and you know, these kinds of things were much scarier to me back then. And since then, I have been very very blunted by a lot of gore and horrific I think thoughts I... and imagery. I think I watched this movie with my friends and it was probably around, you know, it was like a midnight, probably the second movie we were watching. Mm. And so I remember the opening. I remember the the newsroom and the helicopter chopping the zombie's head off. And then I probably fell asleep because mm-hmm. it was too slow and it was too late yeah. because I don't remember a lot of the rest of the movie. Um, I remember... Probably the 2004 remake. I think I, I probably saw that. And there is there another movie with zombie, another zombie movie in the mall other than this one in the remake? Oh, I'm sure. I'm not, I, like, I, can you imagine how was, many people want to pay homage to this? I thought there was another older there's left, movie that was... There's Left for Dead, has a lot of, which is a video game that has a lot of mall. No, there's another movie where... I don't know. Maybe I'm just really remembering Dawn of the Dead very poorly because I remember there was a movie, a zombie movie with a group of people in a mall and a big part of it was someone got infected and like, I, I, that's, I thought that's it was the a, remake. That's yeah, the it, remake. It must be, it must be the remake. The re- now, and, and 
Okay, well, first I'm going to let's get into our scores cuz we'll get into a little bit of the remake uh following in the into the spoiler section, but but uh I give this movie an 8 out of 10. It doesn't hold up well over over time as far as the gore and the shock and and just being just generally scary at all. Um but uh it's definitely still holds holds its you know, holds its own in, as far as being interesting. What do you say? Uh, I give it a seven. I think it's at the time. I'm sure it was an eight or nine because it was so important and innovative. But it's you've seen this done better many, many yeah. times since yeah. then. Uh, Even by George Romero. George Romero has done has saw the, saw fit to write the remake of this. He wrote the remake. Right. So with James Gunn, it is. There is good stuff in it. Um, it's not all delivered steadily. Yeah. <laughs> but but there is really interesting moments in it. It's got a real independent feel. Yeah. It feels weird. feels like a foreign movie. Um, There's lots of elements that feel so schlocky that they could be... They feel like they could be in, in Mystery Science Theater 3000. Yeah. And kind of non-sequitur stuff. Yeah. And... You know, it's not highly produced, right? But the ideas in it are interesting, yeah. And it's kind of like if you let your mind fill in the gaps of the of the um, implications of what the movie puts across, it is really interesting and and worth seeing, yeah. Um, but not like to me, it's not necessarily must see, yeah. That might be blasphemy for zombie fans, but I like, mean, look. If if you're gonna if you're gonna get violently upset at us for giving a review that's just our opinions, it's just remember it's just our opinion. You can think it's a ten, and that's fine. It's so weird. So I posted the the last uh, episode to our horror or our scary movies, but I I did like the clickbait thing where I kind of did hyperbole. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, also I did the clickbait title, but also in the. In the actual um, episode post, yeah. you know, I used the script right. for the review, yeah. which was, when it's read out loud, it's supposed to be funny, right. the, the hyperbole, because it's, you know, loud, yeah. and I'm yelling at people to come at me, come at me, bro. But then in the written form, it's pretty obnoxious. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, I've so definitely that, learned over my career of of writing that things are not often taken the way they are intended. So there's there's a guy that was like, this guy sounds like a like an emo tryhard <laughs> wanting to. Um, what did he say? Okay, do you Let's, remember what he said? No, because I don't read that dumb shit. But yeah, I mean, he wasn't far off. I'm not emo though, okay. but I am a tryhard and. I do think my opinion matters more than others. Well, hey, you know, when you when you're right, you're right. Yeah. Um <laughs> so with that, uh if you guys would like to become a patron, uh you should, you know, you should definitely do that, you know, if that's something you'd like to do. But seriously, there are plenty of perks to becoming a patron. You get to, you know, there's all kinds of stuff that I can't remember right off the top of my head, but some of them aren't. You get to vote on a movie a month that we will end up reviewing, like this one. Like this one. You can, you know, there's a whole nother podcast 
podcast that we produce and uh, release exclusively to um, a, uh, to a certain tier of Patreon members and up. And then there's um, there's other stuff as well. Yeah, I think the the one that people the ones that people get excited about is the um, early access to the episode. Yeah, so early like, access. We release it right when we finish editing it, and. Um, yeah, the afterpod is a pretty good perk too. Yeah, and uh, if you would like to support the podcast by other means, you can also do so by heading to our website horrormovietalk.com, dot com and uh, and click on the link buy products on Amazon. It's up at the top right. It's green, I think. And uh, if you click it, anything you buy through Amazon in that session will uh, kick back some money to us, a not an insubstantial amount of money. So make sure. So to yeah, do that. go buy a seventy dollar Donna the dead dvd for us hell buy four of them <laughs> and uh and then also you can um you can support us by heading on over to shutter which is a horror movie streaming platform that's s-h-u-d-d-e-r.com enter hmt at checkout gets you 30 free days of a trial uh shutter membership instead of that stupid seven day free trial that we hate so very much and if you stumbled across this episode by seeing one of our posts and and you're listening to it on our website, if you notice the fabulous artwork for this episode. I can't even. That's all credited to Dustin Goebel. This man, he is our, he is our I'm so proud to say, our resident artist. And he is a professional who fucks hard at art. Uh, he also takes commissions for artwork from HMT fans, so make sure to contact him at D-G-O-E-B-E-L-0-0, that's at D-G-O-E-B-E-L-0-0 on Instagram to make your artistic dreams come true. And tell him HMT sent you. Yeah, his the the one for this post, someone, one of the comments that we read on the last episode was... What was it? Um, moronic moronic man children. Moronic man children. Listen to these belching moronic into the, man belching into, the, into the mic. And so <laughs> the artwork for this is the two SWAT team guys shooting at zombies, and it has a big um, the lettering saying moronic man. No, children. it's a zombie writing on a window that that that, um, that oh, Peter right. Peter and. Um, uh, the other guy are are behind this window, and there's a zombie's hand writing on the window m- in blood. Moronic man, children, <laughs> insinuating that the person who insulted us is a stupid dead zombie. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even make that connection. <laughs> it's brilliant. It's brilliant. I tell you, you have to look at the artwork for this post. It's fab. You less. As you can tell, we take criticism really well. We're, I'm becoming that person that I hate. Who's that? That talks about the the people shitting on them. Yeah, you in need comments. to. I'm telling you, just stop it. Like I'm fine with reading it. I can take it, but I should probably just stop talking about it. You it should sounds... probably stop reading it too. I'm telling you, it's... I got to read everything people post because there's not that many people that actually comment or it's, reply to us. It will get exponentially worse as the show grows. <laughs> you need to you need to curb this. This is an addiction, and you need to curb it now. And with that, let's get into spoilers. <laughs> Spo- 
boiler? Oh, hey, whoa. Oh, hey, no. that's all oh, my God. God. Oh, Ugh. yeah, that's better, baby. Spoilers. <laughs> so. We forgot to do that last time. Yeah, did we you did. Notice that? Yeah, I did notice it, but you you were you were on a in a, I in was a on groove. A roof, yeah. yeah. So I gave up. Uh, I gave the setup in the intro, and to be honest, there isn't a terrific amount of meat on the bone, <laughs> on the bone within this actual movie for me to like go back to. Look, they they get together, they find a mall, they find a mall. They're in a helicopter. They land on the roof of the mall. And then they convert it into a fortress because it has everything they need. Yeah. That's it. That's that's the setup for this movie. That's it there it is. Now And it's it's powered and Yes. Because they just so well maybe it must be nuclear power. Maybe it's nuclear. Yeah. <laughs> Where Which doesn't make I mean, how long will a nuclear plant run on its own? I mean okay, well there's two there's two questions. There's a hidden question within your question, which is how long will nuclear fission continue just just if you were to walk away from it? A long, long time. Well, yeah. <laughs> yes. Very long time. Yes. But how long will it will it spin those turbines? Uh, I don't know. You know, maybe I don't, 10, ten minutes? I'm assuming it's not like a set it and forget it type of power plant. <laughs> it doesn't seem that way. Yeah, no, all indications point to... <laughs> To definitely don't forget it. <laughs> so, I mean, it. There's got to be someone that needs to fill up the water tank. It's or a something. set it and remember it. Hardcore. Yes. Big, big time. Set it and don't look at. Yeah, whatever. So this movie is is well known or was well known and uh, and espoused for being over the top with violence and head explosions. This has like it does have one really great head explosion, a meaty head explosion, yeah. uh, which is impressive. Quick, quick shot, but man, does it do the job! Very splattery. Disembowelments. There's one really yeah intense. Uh, like if you've seen Brain Dead, the Peter Jackson. Uh, um, I can't think of the other name for it. It's not Brain Dead. It's uh, the release name of 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 the movie that Peter Jackson did that uh, was like wasn't, oh, dead wasn't alive. Brain, oh, dead alive. Yeah, dead alive brain dead same thing. Anyway, uh <laughs> that uh this scene uh disembowelment pretty pretty gory. Yeah, those were definitely intestines. Those were definitely someone's intestines. May, maybe not human, but they looked very much like intestines. Yeah, um and so but what do you think like as far as like the gore holding up well, yeah, I mean, it's not shocking anymore. Anything. <laughs> it just looks like someone is chewing off a piece of latex that was pasted to someone's leg. Right. You know, and and most of the gore, most of the violence that takes place in this movie is very is so standard now. It's just shooting, shooting the yeah, zombies. Man, any anything in Walking Dead is so much more shocking oh, than this stuff. Like, yeah, I mean, the. The gore that the humans do to the other humans in The Walking Dead is more shocking than this. I had to, I had to, to put, to put myself in the correct frame of mind, I had to go and read Ebert's review of both Night of the Living Dead. So he went and saw Night of the Living Dead when it came out in 1968. He uh -huh. wasn't a movie reviewer then, I don't think. Uh, although he does have a pretty 
a pretty solid review. So maybe he was. Um, and then I also read his review for this movie and that did snap me into kind of a little bit more into focus of what the time was. So like, for example, and uh, maybe I, maybe I won't get into this quite yet. Cause let me, let me read ahead on my, um, Oh, yes. So I do cover this a little bit further down the line. But needless to say, the violence in this one, there's a lot of it, but it's so it's so tame compared to today's standards that it does. It barely registers because it's, it's people there's, shooting guns and, yeah, you know, there's, little, there's splat, one or, little yeah, splats of blood. And it's like, OK, well. there's one or two things that are stand out. Yes. The head explosion, the the helicopter zombie is iconic. Oh yes. Yes. The, the, the decapitation when it, when the when the zombie stands up into the blades of the helicopter and gets his the one that also stands out for me that's actually really simple is um what's the white guy SWAT team? Okay, see okay, name? see this is a real problem for me. Um okay, so Roger Roger and when Peter. He, Peter after he's, Peter's the black guy and Roger's the white guy. Right. Roger, after he's bandaged up from getting bitten mm-hmm. a couple times yeah. when they're moving the trucks. So he's all bandaged up and they're trying to hotwire the the hatchback car that's inside the mall. Yeah. The part where the zombie grabs his bandaged leg and like pops it like a like a yes. <laughs> like a mango. Yeah, that was gross. Somehow that there's something about re-injuring an injury yeah. that's like so much worse than just getting bitten in the leg. <laughs> Even if it's super pretend looking and fake, you still go, oh, yeah. Like it's it's almost like being kicked in the balls. Right. You're like, oh, ooh. but you know, what's worse than getting kicked in the balls hmm. is that minutes after getting kicked in the balls, getting kicked in the balls again, uh-huh. like while they're still sore. Yeah. But some people like that. I mean, I've seen plenty of porn around that. Really? <laughs> Have you really? Not plenty, but it exists. You know that exists, right? People getting kicked in the ball. Like I mean, ball I guess trauma porn. I guess. Oh man, I'm having. I'm kind of stroking yeah. out a little bit right now. I'm kind of no, stro- blocking this out. You're what right now? Yeah, I'm stroking off. Yeah, that's. <laughs> I can see that. Um, <laughs> yeah, there's so there's gross. a couple fetishes that just don't make sense to me, and Ugh. that's one of them: ball trauma. It's yeah. like, I don't... No. Do you... No. Ugh. Anything having to do with, like, kind of injuring your dick? Like, where they're putting stuff up the dick? What's they call it? What do they call that? Like, sounding? Um, yeah, sounding. Like, why would you put a even Q-tip that, up your Even peener? that makes way more sense to me. Get like, away from your peener with that Q-tip. That's like a novelty thing, but literally, like, having what? someone stomp on whoa, your whoa, nuts. Whoa, 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 whoa. We're kind of glancing over some very critical information here. That's a novelty thing for you? I mean, it's not... I've never done it, but I can see, like, if you know it exists and you're like, sure, I'll try anything once. I'll shove some (laughs) shit up my dick. Like, yeah, I mean, you can... It's like a little tube there. Like, people get... get (laughs) People get catheters all the time. Oh, my God. It, it, It exists, but willingly stomping on your balls or having someone stomp on your balls is... That's like horrifying to me. Yeah. So to be very clear, that doesn't happen in this movie. <laughs> yeah. But an injury is re-injured. 
And yeah, that, we went off on a tangent. And there. for some reason, that brings up us immediately to get, like it did bring like it's the same pain I feel when I think of my balls getting kicked. Sorry, we we devolved into a little bit of horror porno there. Yeah. <laughs> What? <laughs> oh no! I just messed up my thing. Oh, right. now you gotta now. You, oh, now you gotta reset the thing. So this does have a soundtrack by Goblin, uh, or uh, you know. So that's that's the band that did the ultimate ultimate soundtrack that everybody has big jizzgasms over for uh, for the original Suspiria, uh, the Dario Argento movie. Which, uh, which you know, I did, I'm going to be honest with you. The soundtrack to Dawn of the Dead is um, just leaves leaves much to. It's kind of stupid. Yeah, it's yeah. not great, <laughs> especially when it shifts tone real quick. Yeah, it, yeah. it goes from like dun 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 dun. It's like what. What is what? <laughs> and that's kind of this MST three K kind of thing. That's like, what? What? What's it, going on with the soundtrack? It's very much in the independent spirit. This movie really feels very much like most of the people are winging it. Yeah, like they're shooting, they're shooting a bunch of stuff, a bunch of bits, and we'll figure it out in the edit bay. And I think that's kind of what the the music is like too. They're like recording it on the fly, right? Which I mean is what most soundtracks are, but they're not giving themselves a lot of time <laughs> to finish it. <laughs> so it feels like kind of like a just like a demo track. Yeah, like we want something kind of like this going on here, but we'll fill it out later. <laughs> and then they looked at their wallets, like, oh, okay. well, all right, well. I guess I guess, we I just, guess no full orchestra for this. <laughs> just just guess we're going with that then. Yeah, it does feel that way. Uh, another another thing I I so this is kind of getting back to what I was saying about the violence. You really do need to set this through the lens of this shit was still pretty new at the time. It's very hard to put your to to go back to the time when something was re- like you remember when the Titanic was released and people just just came buckets over the titanic just like oh my god i wanted to see this. and there was like news like reels of of girls being like ah the titanic i've seen it 11 times i know i love the Titanic. oh leonardo dicaprio is so dreamy and now the titanic's just like yeah it's pretty pretty good yeah that bitch really likes the hope diamond isn't it so weird when it's the movies that are the highest grossing movies of all time and then you look at them now and you're like eh. yeah. like would you ever watch it again like i don't know and it has everything to do with context right it's it has to do with just timing and just being just being right and so i did go back and read ebert's review of uh of night of the living dead which like i said came out a decade before this and his review of Night of the Living Dead is great. If you if you haven't read it, and I'm guessing you haven't, 
just check it out on his website. Uh, and uh, and it's there. He described. It's not really a review of the movie. It's a review of his experience with Night of the Living Dead. So he's like, so it's 1968. We're all going to see a movie. The theater is full of little kids. Like every every mom and pop drop their kid off here at the movie on a Saturday to come watch a a, hor- a, a, a monster movie like they always do, you know? There's the creature from the Black Lagoon. Up until now, horror movies have been just kind of monster movies, and they haven't been too serious. They've got some spooks and some thrills and stuff like that. Cue Night of the Living Dead, and there's people turning into other dead, killing other people who then turn into dead people, and then they feast on each other, like hardcore. And like, there are scenes where, there's a scene where a man gets pulled apart, (laughs) And kids, he said, he said it went from like the start, which was the intro and kids were like running up and down the the aisles and going to get popcorn and like, yeah, fuck this movie. It's boring so far. And then once things started to settle in, it got deadly quiet and all these kids sat down and watched it seriously until some serious shit started happening. And then the sobbing started like just kids crying and just sitting through this movie, just being like basically traumatized because they'd never this shit was brand fucking new and it was it was really intense yeah i think one of the takeaways from this movie is uh how uninnovative people have been since george romero when it comes to zombies because now and and you forget how much he uh, how much he included in these films and it's not like polished but all the themes are there like mm-hmm. the the social commentary yeah. and the the uh, fantasy fulfillment aspects of it. Mm-hmm. I watched this and I was like, "Oh, this the dead don't die." Like that wasn't a new thing. Of, no. They go do what they're used to doing. Mm-hmm. Like that's why everyone's going to the mall. Yeah, because well, that was just a, a kickback to this. They just feel like that's a that's a thing that they should be doing i feel because like it's what they did in life and it's what they want to do in death instinctively and then yeah definitely lots of the living a normal life setting up a fortress like that's pretty much every zombie movie now yeah is oh there's so, a survival it's more of a survival movie than yeah and they try and throw in scares but they they don't land very well with the new ones but I w- it's, it's funny when especially like with walking dead <laughs> it's funny that the genre has turned into a soap m- opera, m- so much more of a survival genre than a zombie. Like the the monster, the zombie monster isn't even secondary anymore. It's right. not even it's tertiary. tertiary. It's, it's like quashiary. Yeah, it's court quarter court. It's in the quartile of <laughs> the fourth quartile of concerns. Yeah. in zombie movies now are zombies. Right, they're like, oh, okay, yeah, there's zombies. And also, then you like go zombies. for you go for like a couple episodes, and they're like, oh yeah, right. All of a sudden, like there's a, a zombie snuck through. There's a zombie attack, and they immediately kill it. And they're like, okay, how are we gonna fight the other people that are yeah. setting up shop? And you know, I, I feel okay. So first of all, if if anybody listening is is like dead serious about zombies. <laughs> You should check out our blog section on at horrormovietalk.com. Keith, uh, our blogger, one of our, our longest running blogger, is pretty obsessed with zombies and has written 
uh, I think two or three long blogs on shamblers versus runners. He also wrote his favorite zombie types, his favorite zombie types. Now, and to be fair, you know, you're definitely right for the vast majority of there's not not a lot of uh, new innovation in the zombie realm. But I got to say, 28 days later, 28 weeks later, really really a lot of innovation i love those movies because it's such a different twist on the whole thing and um i mean it's yeah i mean it definitely ups the danger to have fast zombies not just not just fast zombies but it's it's a it's not you know it's this is a this is these are it's a rage virus right this is people yeah this is basically this is like rabies gone mad right and so these people can live for a long time and uh and you know that it's it's an interest and then also the the way it the way it handles the whole thing you know it's like well is it just britain and then it turns out to be yeah it is just britain <laughs> like like the, like that's a cool thing and then kind of toward well i won't give away the end of 28 weeks later but yeah i mean they're there are good zombie movies like i'm i'm not don't want to shit on the genre or anything that's not my favorite genre because i think it is limited but there's a lot of things you can do within the limitations and a lot of interesting ideas but it is pretty crazy that george romero basically invented the the bulk of this genre and yeah the the innovation throughout it is more of like variations on a theme. And not... he did it with one brush stroke. It was yeah. this movie. It was yeah. Dawn of the Dead and the Night of the Night of the Living Dead and then Dawn of the Dead and that was it. Like he, Yeah. I mean there was so Day of... of the Dead, but it didn't go into anything really too new. Yeah. Night of the Living Dead was establishing what the monster is. Now I think then... there was a zo- there was zombie before them, but it I think all of the zombie movies before George Romero were related to like voodoo magic zombies. Okay, yeah, maybe maybe zombie Z O M B I. I can't recall. I can't recall. Uh, you'll forgive us. We're we're not movie. I thought um, this was zombie. I thought. Oh, maybe. I thought the Italian version of Dawn of the Dead oh, was called Zombie. Yeah, that's what it is. That's what I'm thinking of. Uh, so, of course, I was thinking that because I'm so smart. Yeah, because we're well researched and and we know about. I'm very smart. The movies that we're reviewing. Right. <laughs> Look, uh, if you don't know everything about everything about every, um, uh, yeah, um, so yeah, the first movie establishes the zombie monster, and then this movie establishes society reaction to a widespread zombie outbreak. Right. Yeah, and and then and and it does it so well that there's really almost nothing left to say. <laughs> Yeah, because in Night of the Living Dead, I can't remember how much they talk about it being widespread, but it's very intimate. It's like very yes. focused on one house. A house, yeah. And then, and in the end, you know, spoilers for a well, it's fifty-year-old movie, but it's not spoilers because we're talking about Dawn of the Dead, and this is the sequel. So, so, and in the end, like there's a group of people coming over the hill that that kill the zombies. So it's it feels like it's more widespread than there, but it's still feels kind of localized in the fact that it feels like they solved the problem at the end of the movie. Yeah. Yeah. And then, and then this one just opens up what it invents the zombie apocalypse. Right. And, uh, and it's, it, it's, so it's not, it's not super amazing in the gore or the scares or anything like that, but it is interesting to see what the four survivors do once they 
kind of get them all under control, which is they go back to living their regular lives as best they can. And at first, they kind of have fun with it, you know? It's like, hey, we got this whole mall to ourselves. There's all these guns over here. There's, like, candy apples over here. It's like, what a fucking weird, cool thing to be living in. And then we learn Francine is pregnant. Pregananant. Pregananant. I like the the shopping scenes. Yeah. They're so hokey. Yeah. Look at this big bread. I'm going to eat all this giant bread, this human-sized bread. Look at this big old bread. <laughs> bread. <laughs> That's ex- that it he's not he's not exaggerating. This is a scene that happened. Yes. Um <laughs> we learned that Francine is pregnant, uh pregnant with Stephen's child. Pregat. Pregat. <laughs> Porgnant, <laughs> um, <laughs> and she she says this line. I like I do like Francine in this movie quite a bit because she's kind of she kind of fleshes out <laughs> what it is, uh, what what the societal ills are. And so here's one quote. This is Francine speaking to her boyfriend Stephen, who impregnated her. Stephen, I'm afraid. You're hypnotized by this place. All of you. You don't see that it's not a sanctuary. It's a prison. Just let's just take what what we need and get out of here. And then Stephen says. Do you have any idea how many times we'd, we'd have to land to refuel on our way up to north up north to Canada? Those things are everywhere. The authorities would give us uh, just as hard a time. Maybe worse. Fran, we have everything we need here. Besides, you always wanted to play house. Remember? See, so that, this that is... was that was the one thing that stands out as kind of the the foreign film, <laughs> the attitude towards, towards women. the woman. Yeah, was like ah, like there was you always wanted to do this dumb thing, playhouse. There's this moment where where um, Francine is like, I want to be in. There's four of us. I want to be involved in the decisions and be notified of what's going on. Shut up, woman. And then like. Steven, <laughs> Steven gives her this glare. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, either that is like just very of the time that I don't understand or it feels like a foreign Italian thing. Like, so you don't understand your place in society. Like, yeah, you could don't try to change your gender roles in, in this situation. So this is this is I'm glad you brought up gender roles. Also, I mean, so this is George Romero is no. Like, he's no stranger to societal ills, right? The dude uh, employed and made a black man the star of Night of the Living Dead during... You know, uh, while you know, while the whole right. that whole race thing was being settled in America, it was yeah. it was it was a little thing. It's might, since been solved. It has since <laughs> totally solved. Um, and again, he, he he chooses to do the same thing in this movie, and they you know they they make nods to it throughout the movie, um, race, uh, sexual discrimination, basic society's ills, you know, things that are malignant on society, and even even when everyone's dead, it still exists in a group of four people. You know, it's still like, hey, bitch, can you like, let's just play house. OK, <laughs> just marry me. And she's like, no, I don't want to marry you. It's not real now. 
he he proposes to her over a dinner that they stage uh-huh. and uh, and she's like no i'm not gonna marry you it's not real look at this fucking place we're in a mall we're living in a mall like no and then eventually their fun time kind of devolves into the boring, the boring, and then kind of the dangerous, you know, it kind of starts to feel gross, like they're doing something nasty. Yeah. Yeah. It feels, gets weird real quick. Yeah. Um, so before I get into the end of the movie, because it's not too far away, uh, some of the, some of the things that this movie deals with is we are already zombies, right? That's, this is a strong, uh, theme throughout the movie. Yeah. This is the, the whole zombies wandering around the mall is very much a nod to consumerism and mindlessness. Mm hmm. Yes, consumer. So, so they often say, "Why are they here? Why are they picking up the objects?" And and, it's, and they keep saying, "Well, this is what they knew in life. You know, right. this is this is they find some comfort in this, and that that in in and of itself is such a damning statement because I'm thinking about what I want to buy for my truck right now. <laughs> yes, that's all I am. Like, am yeah. like, are we only just these consuming bugs? If he thought about if how simply you could live and how much money that would take, you'd realize like, wow, I could, I could have like most of my time to do anything I want if I just cared about, yeah, like, just having some sort of thing over my head yeah. at night and enough food to survive. Oh, man, wouldn't it be great? So, but what's even scarier is that the four alive protagonists do the same damn thing. Think about it. Yeah. They go to the mall. <laughs> they just go to the mall. That's the first thing they fucking think of. They're like, the mall, that'll save us. But yeah, once they, once every zombie is pushed out of the mall, they, they just start go shopping. Right. Right. Yeah. They're just like, well... I guess it's time to get that gun I always wanted. Yeah. And then, of course, there's the death allegory. <laughs> allegory. Ah. Uh, zombies take what scare us the most, and it shoves it in our face in, f- in the form of an insatiable horde who wants us to join their ranks. So it's basically death looking right at us. What are we most scared of, Bryce? What are you most scared of? Bees. Oh, well, <laughs> zombies don't do that very well. They don't. What if they're zombies? Oh, oh, wow. Did you come up with that off the cuff? (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) I did. I'm proud of that. And then, of course, this is. There has to be a movie called Zombies. Oh, man. Or the zombie movie. Well, there's Zombieverse. That that (laughs) That should be the sequel to the B movie. Oh, there you go. Jerry Seinfeld, get on it. The zombie movie. He won't. Uh, and well, then the first one was so successful. I can't see how he couldn't. And then there's the zombie. Uh, I almost said zombievers, uh, which is another zombie movie. Mm-hmm. Pretty good. The zombie movie will be about a zombie bee that wants to fuck a woman. Right. <laughs> okay. Right, zombie movie. bee that wants. To f- okay. Yes. Uh, so the. The other thing that this movie kind of forces us or force the the thing that I like about zombie movies in general is it forces you to to go, who would I kill? You know, because when your friend turns, they're they're just going to be a zombie in a little bit. At what point are you going to make that choice? Yeah. When do is it once they're when they're dangerous and coming at you? Is it a little bit before that? 
Is it right as soon as they get bit? Like I can think of some people in my life who right as soon as they get bit, I'd be like, bye. <laughs> you know, like. But what if your wife got bit? Why? Why is it? So, OK, seriously, now thought experiment. OK, if this was widespread, what would people do to people that die to ensure that they don't become zombies? I just I just had a realization. This is like okay, what would actually happen? So they explain in the this movie establishes the very important trope of to kill a zombie you have to either shoot it in the head, it has to have like brain trauma mm. or you have to separate the head from the body. From the body. Right. Okay. So what would what do you think in your opinion people would do in the situation where zombies actually exist? And like it's been a couple years, society has figured out like how to normalize death in the in the. I don't know where you're going with this, so I'm not. Even, I mean, just guess. Like, I'm, what what do you, what would you like? Your your dad dies, and you want to make sure he doesn't come back as a zombie. Like, what would you chop his chop his head off? You just completely chop his head off with a a knife, or just bonk him. You know, bonk him with a bat. You know, cause some brain damage. Brain damage. Okay. I think, wouldn't you just, like, break the neck? Just make sure the spinal cord is severed? Just call it good? I don't know. I, I don't know enough about Cause this. Because it has to, if if it's, like, the severing of the spinal cord or ah. separating the head from the body, like, wouldn't you really just need to, like, do a quick snip of the spinal cord or snap the neck and pull it? Yeah. You wouldn't even have to shoot him in the head? Man, can you imagine? Because okay. you still want an open casket funeral, right? Obviously. So you don't want a bashed in skull, like a center. The goal like, for every funeral like an, is open casket. Yeah. I think that's what everybody's always shooting for. Yeah. So right? as long as as long as we want open casket funerals, you don't want like a big bat shaped indent in their forehead. No. You don't want a hole. Dad's always through, complaining through about their forehead. Dad's always complaining about his back anyway. Yeah. And a like, little crick in his neck isn't going to show up. Yeah. You And you wouldn't cut off their head. I mean, I guess you could. You could still stitch it back on, but I'd, I'd just say like snap yeah. the neck like James Bond, yeah. and then snip the spinal cord. Good to go. Yeah, no, that's that's a good point. And then uh, and then finally, this movie uh, is great at what? How would you fortify your defenses? Where would you choose? What would you do? Is it great at that? I mean, it it. The it's explanation the first... for for like, hey, let's move these these trucks right up against the doors, and then they move it like two feet away from. Okay, the doors. if you're if you're asking, is it are they did they do the best thing? I don't know. Probably not. Did they do what I would have done? No. <laughs> but it does bring up that topic, and then and that's the most fun thought experiment ever. So, do you have a zombie outbreak uh, policy or plan? Um, I would just succumb to death. See, there's a lot of people do say that. A lot of people say that. And I, I mean, I, have I, to wouldn't. Question, I probably wouldn't, but I have like, to question I've, the honesty behind it. But I feel like that's pretty honest. Like, it's like, I just give up. Well, I mean, I'm a very fat man. So like, unless they were the real slow zombies, like I'd be fucked. Like I'd, of course. Yeah. That, that's the other thing is these movies also invent the the zombie movie logic of let's put ourselves in real danger for absolutely no, no reason. reason zero reason 
Yeah, like that's true. Let's just keep this door open and not look behind me for an extended period of time. Yeah, because yeah. they're slow moving zombies and they can literally just push them out of the way. Yeah, but then they choose to like go into a horde and then wait. Yeah, it's it's dumb. <laughs> yeah, I've I've uh, I've become swept up in this craze in this this new craze of quote unquote overlanding. And which is a uh, an off roading fad where you have to right, spend right. at least as much money on your truck as what you paid for your truck, and then uh, and you make it, you know, you can live out of the truck and bring your whole family with you to mm-hmm. to camp. But really, it's 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 a bug out vehicle for zombie scenarios. Right. All right. So anyway, um, eventually. Looters attack the mall. There's a there's a biker gang that's like, "Hey, we want what you got. Are you gonna give it?" And they're like, "Nah, dog." And then and then the looters come and they just act a fool. They're just so dumb, so dumb. They take their own lives. They they don't give a shit. It's astonishing that they're still alive because <laughs> the they're best, just they're the just bonking movement. bonking zombies with bats and just like Bleh. the best mo- moment in the whole movie is the zombie biker that randomly goes, gets his blood pressure checked with a sombrero on his head. This was the disembowelment that I, that we were talking about, the really horrific disembowelment. He's like, oh, I'm going to go get my blood pressure checked amongst all these zombies, and then they tear him apart. Yeah, they're literally like three feet away from him while he puts his arm in the blood pressure so thing. like, come on, guys, i got to check my blood pressure. You're stressing me out. And then they eat them. Yeah, and then they eat them. And then the blood pressure is like, beep, 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 beep. And you're like. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's so dumb, but yeah. I'm glad he put it in. Yeah, I was like. <laughs> yeah, now, uh, for those of you who have seen the remake, you may be asked and have not seen this movie, you may be asking yourself a, a very important question, which I asked long ago in like one of our first episodes. And that question was, there was a baby? There, there was a baby in Francine. She was pregnant, uh-huh. and the remake. Whoo! It takes that concept. It it takes the same. It takes the same movie, and then it just kind of makes it much more extreme, mm-hmm. and and updates it to. So if you want, if you want Dawn of the Dead, and you want it to fulfill all your most gory, horrific really scary and disturbing desires of modern day desires. Watch the 2004 remake with Ving Rhames. Uh, it was written by Romero and James Gunn and directed by, uh, Oh man. Now, of course I'm going to blank on it. Um, uh, the guy who did like uh, the Superman movie. Oh, Zack Snyder. Was Zack the director, Snyder yeah. was the director. It was his first feature length film that he directed and uh whoo the uh the pregnant lady in that one has a zombie baby yeah they do nothing with the pregnancy in this one no it's like she is pregnant it kind of there, there you go yeah that's, that's it. it so uh so anyway peter convinces at the end peter convinces francine uh to escape with a helicopter while he fends off the zombies so that well he basically has a death wish at the very end yeah he's, it's very he's like, strange go go on without me i don't want to leave and then he the zombies break through the door and he's like uh, he has a gun to his head my theory is that she like, would get is that he did that so she would get farther with the limited amount of fuel that they had left in the helicopter but i can't confirm or deny that 
Yeah, I don't know. I think it's it felt like he just had a death wish because yeah, he was literally ready to commit suicide, and then he saw a zombie break through, and he's like, "Ah, fuck that!" And he shoots the zombie, and then it's da 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 da. It's literally almost the A team music, yeah, that kicks in, and then he's he's kicking zombies, and yeah, you just realize like, oh, it's not that hard to kick him over, yeah. <laughs> Oh, that that's like the also the best part because when he is on the roof, there's definitely like a very cheesy, <laughs> very cheesy, poorly choreographed like karate moves Hi-ya. from from Peter. Yeah, very much. I just watched the the uh, the Dolomite Netflix movie. Have you watched that yet? Man, I tried to, but twenty minutes in, it was just boring as fuck. So I said, Oh man, I really it. thought it was great. I got I started watching it at night. And thought it was like, I'll just watch the first 30 minutes and finish it tomorrow. And I got sucked into it. I thought it was great. But yeah, just part of that is the guy that plays Dolomite, an element of the of the movie is You mean doing, Eddie Murphy? Isn't that- well, I mean, Eddie Murphy plays the guy that plays Dolomite. Oh, okay. Um, Dolomite is a character. It's not an actual person. I gotcha. And... Uh, Anyways, the the guy just wants this kung fu to be an element in the movie, and it just is terrible at it. Yeah, and so it's like, uh, 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 uh. very much like if you're a six year old trying to imitate kung fu, you'd kind of like jump up and kick your legs out a little bit. Yeah, and that's the level of choreography in Dolomite and this movie. Uh, mm-hmm. Um, but it, but it's fun times. So, um. The original, so, and then they fly off into the dawn, and uh, and the original ending is actually a lot darker than the ending that we end up with. The original ending had Francine stepping up into the blades of the helicopter as they were running and severing her own head. Right. And then just fucking that's it. So I, I learned a little piece of trivia from the Red Letter Media review of this, is Go that they on. actually made a cast of her head to do that bit. And instead of using it for that, they used it for the head explosion. So they took that cast, filled it with like fruit (laughs) and put a beard on it and a wig. And then they shot it with a shotgun. (laughs) That's awesome. (laughs) That's literally how they got that head explosion was. They literally just shot it with a shotgun. I love it. So final recommendations, who would like this movie? Um, If you are a fan of classic horror movies or zombie films, this is not only good, it is the standard even to this day. Dawn of the Dead and its predecessor, Night of the Living Dead, basically define zombie movies. So check those two movies out. Also check out, like I said, the 2004 remake of Dawn, uh, which was written by Romero, as I said, Gunn, and uh, is the first feature-length movie that Zack Snyder directed. All of them are iconic and interesting and really make you question what it is to be human. Mm. Do you have anything to add to that? Nope. That's that's pretty much it. That's pretty much it's, it. Yeah, it, it is free on YouTube, so check it out on that. And with that, we actually, sorry, before we get into horror movie news, yeah, I think we should do a little bit of, um, it came from social media. Oh, you want to update people, you want to update people on the 
tremendously biased wording that you used in the uh, all of it's almost like you can't detach yourself from being an SEO guy. You're like, I have to skew things in my favor all the time. I don't agree with your characterization of that. Uh, but oh, here, well, let's, let's 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 start. Yes, it came from social media to fill the world with terror, to bring you unforgettable suspense. <laughs> what was it? Where did it come from? Who were the all-powerful creatures it brought from social media? And what did they want on Earth? Okay, so to remind people, or for people that weren't tuning in last episode, we had a very special discussion about the future of horror movie talk, specifically about elements of the show. We had several comments from from listeners, and and here's just one of them. Um, Hot, hot tip. This is, sorry, this is from Isaiah H. on YouTube. Hot, hot tip. If you didn't belch into the mic and slurp drinks like a moronic man-children, you might get some extra subscribers. Couldn't get past two episodes on Stitcher, and the app doesn't let me express my absolute disgust. Get your shit together. You make all horror movie fans look terrible. So that's, that's one of the the comments and so and there was that's, there's been several that have asked us specifically to stop belching into the microphones yeah literally about three yeah yeah but not a lot of people have expressed support of it until so I wanted, now i wanted to to do a, a check and just say let's let's hold off as you may have noticed we haven't belched i did and I, I already did this this episode okay. directly into the mic okay i didn't notice um it's just white noise to me now but we put a couple polls up one on facebook and one on twitter and one on our patreon and so let's just check in staggering see, staggering results to see to see where people are at on this i even i took a look at, at what, how you voted on it you fucking traitor you and, and and your traitorous wife. I mean, I just... Don't worry. It's skewed so heavily towards the belches. Keep Please keep belching in my ears is the exact verbiage that you used. Ban belches is the verbiage. Or please keep belching directly into my ears. Right. How would you say that's not skewed? I mean... Ban belches, don't ban belches. That's the actual verbiage that you should use. But it doesn't matter, because as it turns out, horror movie talk fans fuck hard, and they want nothing more than my thick, girthy belches inserted directly into their brain holes. <laughs> All right, well, first off, let's let's go to the most important one. So, there are people that directly support the podcast. These are our super fans. Super our, fans. Our patrons. We love them. We and love so them again, like our children. God again, I wanted, to be, I wanted to be fair. I put the same poll across all platform so um it says should we ban belches on horror movie talk option one is ban belches and option two is keep belching in my ears now those are just the options for all of them so just fyi yeah and from our patrons there's only three votes yeah out of innumerable innumerable patrons you can't know i mean (laughs) only god knows you can't just you know go and look on our website which which people are patrons. How many people have voted for ban? Uh, Zero patrons have voted for ban belches. Okay, how many voted for keep belching in my ears? Three. Okay, so that's 100%. 100% want belches. Brad says, I demand more belches. 
And then Jessica, Jessica says, says, I have my reasons. Yeah, yeah, she says she does. Like, it's the only thing that works for her any, anymore. So, um, and then on Facebook, I believe it's a, uh, I mean, last I checked, it was a 60 40 split. And, uh, and by no, in no way, shape, or form is 40% considered. Uh, 60, 40, that is a wide, wide margin. That's 20% people. Yeah. If it was a U.S. election, that would be like insane. It just like utter just, devastation. Just a landslide. Yeah. Yeah. Where, where is it? You got to keep on. going. It takes a long time. I kind of hate how long yeah. these pages take to long. Okay. So it's a 41%, 59% split, uh, 59% still want the belches. Yeah. And again, Brad says, <laughs> as a Patreon member, I demand more belches. But he's th- only one person. He can only be counted once in that. There's uh, how much? How many? How much? I think Jessica also said, Jessica said she was going to withdraw quit. her. She Patreon. was going to withdraw her Patreon membership if we banned belches. So, I mean, it's our patrons are throwing around their weight, to be honest. Well, I mean, yes, but also just just general fans. There's a lot of fans who like our page and who participated in this. That got a lot more action than than uh, three total votes on our Patreon. The Facebook uh, got, you know, uh, up, I think up into the, you know, way up into the double, double digits. digits. Yeah. So 17 votes yeah, on Facebook. 17 votes, which for, for us is pretty significant. Um, and then on Twitter, it's Twitter has the I, last I checked had the exact same split. Yeah, sixty forty out of ten votes. Um, everyone wants us to keep belching in the ear. So if you're listening to this, and if you're one of the people that have complained to us directly, I'm I'm sorry. The, but it sounds like we're gonna. The people have spoken. We gotta play to our audience, and our audience love big, thick, fucking meaty. <laughs> Just just sexual burps all up in their headspace. I'm sorry, Dana. So oh, so with that, I just, hey, you I just, just wasted one. one. I just, just wasted one. Damn. So with that, um, uh, everybody who doesn't like burps, like, we'll just refer you to this. And uh, for everybody else, here is Horror Movie News. This just So the New York Times listed the scariest horror movies on Netflix right now, and that was the this article came out two weeks ago. And frankly, I agree with this list. So in descending order, here we go: The Black Coat's Daughter. Now I watched this last night. Have you yeah. seen this? Yeah, I have. This is a really interesting A twenty four movie that deals with uh, uh, mental health and possession. Um. Yeah, it's a good movie. It's not, I don't know, in my opinion, it's not fantastic, but it is interesting It is uh, and it, provocative. It is provocative, and uh, boy, does it have an ambiance to it. Mm-hmm. It is disturbing. Uh, the original Candyman, I believe from 92. You got Carrie on there. Uh, the Conjuring. Creep 2. Creep, I can't say enough good shit about this. Yeah. The Creep 2 was just as good as creep. Yeah, I still I in my mind creep the first one edges it out. It, There's yeah, something maybe. so perfect about creep. Ah oh, man, I if you have not seen Creep or Creep 2, you don't really need to watch them in order. No. Um you will be delighted when you go and watch Creep 2 on Netflix. It is 
it's satire and it's terror all wrapped into what like so perfectly like they're married so well um it's a great movie the eyes of my mother i can't say anything about that uh hush which bryce and i both agree is is quite a good modern horror flick really great home invasion yeah movie by mike flanagan yeah it deals with a uh the protagonist is deaf yeah and yeah and there's a man trying to basically kill her yeah i think the the advertising for it was such a red herring it it made it seem like such a different movie than it actually was that i was so i was so delighted when it wasn't just a guy in a mask yeah tormenting a lady yeah the mask comes off right away yeah immediately yeah (laughs) she's like i have i still haven't seen your face just leave me alone and he's like oh okay and then he takes off his mask and he's like all right well now i gotta kill you time to fuck lady yeah uh and then scream obviously a classic train to busan i believe that's korean i still haven't seen that but everyone i I, i've talked to says this is a great movie under the shadow under the skin the witch which we uh just reviewed a couple weeks ago as a solid 10 out of 10 maybe our very favorite horror movie of all time and then also would you rather which takes the game and turns it into a sick twisted game of kind of saw level stakes of would you rather i would is that actually a good movie I'm surprised um, that's does not seem like a movie that well i mean do you think saw would, do you think saw is a good movie well yeah because it was like kind of the first of the torture porn genre i i cannot personally speak to would you rather but the the description that was given of this was hey this is this is an interesting take on a you know all right i mean this is only what's available on Netflix. So there's there's not a terrific amount of horror available on Netflix that is solid. There's a lot of, uh, but uh, anyway, this is the, the top 13. So um, from there, Gizmodo uh, sat down and talked with co-writer of Black Christmas Remake, which we will be reviewing here in two weeks, two weeks or three weeks, something like that, uh, to set the record straight over the movie's PG-13 rating. Yeah. I am very upset about this. Gizmodo explained, uh, or their source explained that Though the film was written with an R in mind as slasher, <coughs> mm. yeah. salty as slasher movies usually are for obvious reasons, it was later retooled for the benefits of a specific demographic. When they did the test screenings, it was clear that this movie needed to be available to a younger female audience because the subject matter is timely. Also, they wanted to indoctrinate girls into horror. Doesn't make it any less vicious. Um, yeah, it yeah, does, does. kind of does, but, um, I do respect, I do respect the, that's not a bad reason. I think that's sexist. How so? We need to make it more too young. Palat- ah, we need ah, to make it, it more palatable to the, to the delicate sensibilities of, of females. I don't think that's what they're saying. I females think females can't take all this gore. I think they're saying they this, want to reach, or they swears. want to reach tweens, uh, which, can't make it to an R-rated movie. They want to reach young, impressionable girls. Yeah, like Millennial Zs. Or Millennial Generation Zs. Zs. Yeah. Zennials. Zers. Uh, beyond that, we already have an R-rated Black Christmas, they say. They have a lot of 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 extra 
you know, explanations. They say they already have an R-rated Black Christmas remake, which came out in 2006 and didn't have almost any impact at all. Uh, Beyond even that, a PG-13 rating does not mean that a horror movie will automatically suck. In fact, they can be awesome. And that is true. The Grudge, The Ring, um, you know, there's plenty of PG-13 horror movies that I enjoy quite a bit. And beyond even that, while we're excited to see what a Black Christmas movie that's co-written and directed by women looks like, it is, after all, the story of sorority sisters who band together to stop a campus killer in their midst. The definitive Black Christmas will always be Bob Clark's glorious 1974 original. I would argue with that point, the original is boring as fuck. Yeah. And um, while it may have been a genre changer, I don't care about it at all. I think it's a boring piece of um, perverted. (laughs) And then final uh, news item. Some of the big, big horror releases coming down the pike for next year. You guys should get amped for are the grudge. This is coming in January on at the very start of January is getting an R rating. And uh, so check that out. We will be reviewing all of these that I mentioned. Uh, A Quiet Place 2 is hitting in March 20th. So that'll be a big deal because, damn, Quiet Place is one of the most solid releases in the last five years, bar none. Saw 9 is hitting May 15th. It has a... It seems to be going by either Saw 9 or Jigsaw. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, once it gets up to that number, it's like now that now it's just inevitable that 10 is going to be made because they need that nice round number. Yeah, yeah. They need Saw X. Yeah. Saw Jason X. Saw X. Yeah. And then we got Candyman. The Candyman remake is hitting uh, June 12th. And then, oh, boy, The Conjuring 3 is coming back for its normal spot in the Memorial Day weekend, September 11th. Oh, my God. And finally, the biggest one of all, Halloween Kills, is coming right in time for Christmas. So that's going to be released uh, October 16th. Yeah. So with that, thank you so much for listening to our episode of Horror Movie Talk. That was a nice one, Bryce. Mm -hmm. Way to go. High five. Um, so be sure to like this episode, share it with a friend, uh, you know, make sure to hop on iTunes, give us a rating, subscribe, do all the nice things because we do nice things for you and we love you. Even if you don't love the Belches, they love you, baby. Um, if you want to support the podcast, check us out on Patreon and you can get access to a whole nother podcast as well as early access to this episode. You could have heard, you know, four or five days ago by the time you hear this. Uh, and um, also you can support us by heading on over to Shutter, entering HMT at checkout, which will get you 30 free days of a bunch of horror that you can stream just all over the place. Turn, horror! Turn your house into a terrifying, into a, a grueling slog of, of terror. And you can also support us by clicking through our link at the top of our website, HorrorMovieTalk.com and using it to shop on Amazon. Buy anything over there, preferably big, expensive things, but also small things. Buy, you know, single packaged condoms and, um, you know, vaginal dams and all of those sorts of stuff. 
And uh, special thanks to anyone who cares about the burping, belching fiasco. And thanks for voting. We appreciate you and love you very, very much. Yeah, I mean, it'll we'll be sad to to uh, lose 40 percent of our audience going forward. But it's really for the best. Yeah. Say la be Say la be baby. Ah, the French. And with that, bye-bye. We love you guys. Bye.